This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back, Spartan Pride Podcast. Fans First Sports Network, Jonathan Shop with you looking back at Michigan State. 38-3 loss at Ohio State Saturday night. Boy, the world of college football has been moving and continues moving quickly. We see head coaches fired, coordinators fired. One thing that didn't change this weekend, another dominant win by Ohio State over Michigan State. We went a little bit through the history of this one, the recent history uh, before the game, and it really is important to make note if you take nothing else away from this show. Nothing. Hopefully you take something away, but if you take nothing else, Ohio State is the measuring stick, folks. It is. The Michigan game may be more important to most Michigan State people. The Notre Dame game, when they get a chance to play it, may be bigger, whatever doesn't matter. We should be able to agree. Ohio State is the measuring stick game. It was the measuring stick in the 2010s. It was the measuring stick in the height of the D'Antonio era, and it'll be the measuring stick next year and the year after and on and on until Ohio State should trip, stumble, and fall again like they have in the past. And if you're old enough, you know that when they do have a little stumble at Ohio State, it doesn't last very long. That's what happened after Jim Tressel left. Incredibly, there wasn't any kind of slip or stumble at all when Urban Meyer left. What will Ryan Day do next? I don't know. I think he should have already gone to the NFL. If for some reason the Buckeyes can win a national title this year, I would think he would definitely consider it. Either way, Ohio State is the measuring stick. And once again, Michigan State Really not very close to measuring up at all. That's what we're going to talk about today. A couple thoughts on coaching as Michigan State's coaching search gets primed. I don't know how active it is yet, but gets primed for the next move as it appears pretty clear Urban Meyer does not want to come back and coach college football, which is probably a good decision. But we're going to walk through this game, 38-3, next Piece by piece, as we like to do, Spartans by seven. We take a look back at the same categories we previewed on the game before. I hope you've enjoyed it. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The biggest problem Michigan State's had with Ohio State since things went south beginning in 2017 has been measuring up on the offensive line. That's really the biggest problem. You know, 17, 18, 19, Michigan State could compete with Ohio State until the defense got worn out and just honestly exhausted. The offensive line could not. This is still the number one problem. I 
see the post game where Harlan Barnett thought, you know, or on the one hand, he said, you know, we were close on some plays. We're going to talk about that. On the other, he, he said, you know, we got a ways to go. We got a long way to go. Long, long, long way to go. 88 yards passing, 94 yards rushing. That's a surprise. Three points. That's a long, long, long way to go from even getting, oh boy, to beat Ohio State, you're going to need a lot, but how many games are you going to win with less than 21 points? Not many. The bottom line is there were players bought in 2020, 21, and 22, and not enough of them are even close to measuring up at the point of attack. Next year, I expect the offensive line to look better, largely because it's a first-year thing. We always see that first year, best attention, best effort. It, it just happens in college football. So don't get too excited about what we see from the offensive line for Michigan State until you see them play Ohio State. Until you can move the ball on the Buckeyes, you don't have really a chance to beat them unless they make some kind of remarkably bad, bad, bad plays, you know. Cousins beat them once in a really weird weather situation when they were down. The great game in 2015 that got Michigan State to the playoff. The option game where Mike Geiger makes the field goal. Does a Pete Townsend windmill down the center of the field. That was also a weather-influenced game. So those things you can't count on. And if you're Michigan State and you want to really compete in the Big Ten, you got to find a way to move the ball on Ohio State. The offense didn't do that, has not showed much progress since this staff has been around. Defensively, I don't know how much progress you can find in 530 yards. 350 passing, 177 rushing for the Buckeyes. They could have scored, I don't think they could have scored 60, but they could have scored two. They could have scored, you know, somewhere between 11 and 17 more points. Not any question they could have done that. There's signs of hope for Michigan State on all three levels like we've talked about. The defense looks like it's going to come around quicker than the offense, and that's kind of the nature of it. But when we talk about the coaching a little bit later, we're going to talk about what Michigan State might want to do with their next head coaching search and how it probably needs to be different than the last couple that have been driven by a defensive mind. Special teams, um, you kind of saw a snapshot of the season with Michigan State, you saw ups and downs. You saw Jonathan Kim make a long kick. You saw him miss a long kick. You saw a punt go well. You saw a punt mishandled. You saw offsides on a kick, which is pretty incredible. Just kind of a mess. Um, uh, good and bad. Another 50-plus for Jonathan Kim. He's going to play in the NFL next year. He'll have nice things to say about his year at Michigan State. I think he did a very smart thing coming back to kick in a different weather environment than he was in uh, in Chapel Hill because, look, the weather in Chapel Hill is really, really pretty good, folks. You don't see a lot of bad weather there. In the Big Ten, it's a different story. Jonathan Kim has really wisely taken the spot to kick at Michigan State. He's made the most of it. He's had a nice year, and he will probably be drafted in the 2024 NFL draft. Not much more to say. When you lose 38-3, to there's not a whole lot to dig on special teams. But you did see them make some... <laughs> you saw them good, bad, horrible, head scratch, the whole mix. What a wild ride it's been. For maybe the last time, I will say again, I could not believe, and I, was, I honestly was very concerned 
when Michigan State did not make a change to the special teams coordinator before the season. It was a sign of an incredibly surprising year to come. We're going to break down a couple other things that you're going to want to listen to because I've got some ideas on what Michigan State needs to do next as the coaching search gets ready to roll into high gear. It does affect everything on the team, including the areas we've already talked about. I don't think anyone's ever talked about that quite yet before during this search. Harlan Barnett was asked about intangibles after the game. He was asked about, well, what's going to motivate these guys now? And he talked about turning the page towards November. They had a you know, bowl game goal, and um, those have gone out the window, and now it's just for personal pride and development. He's not wrong saying that. In my experience, that does not work well at the college level at all. When you see programs go in the toilet and the trash can is when a coach is gone, and it's like a free-for-all, people's grades go down, discipline goes down, etc., I don't disagree that uh, that's a great idea Coach Barnett has, but at the, this is not professional football. And the college level, that just doesn't happen. It just, it, it just doesn't happen very much. So with that in mind, I hope Coach Barnett actually gives guys a shot to play who are interested in doing that and not guys that have cashed it in, mailed it in, or are going through the motions. I think that is a two-way street that could work. If he's counting on the kids to just do that, it just doesn't happen. Historically, it just does not happen. There was no question who had the intangible edge. It was very clear from the start Ohio State's going to keep rolling. They've got enough to clean up there. They know they could have scored a bunch more. But the idea that... The idea of Mel Tucker coming back to Michigan State was that he knew exactly what was needed, and he was confident he knew exactly what was needed to compete with the big teams, especially up front. He knew how to get there. He knew what was needed. First year, strength conditioning looked great. A lot of that might have been Ken Walker at the end of the day. Um, A lot of it might have been luck that hasn't been there since, but still looked like Michigan State was on the right track. We're going to go back to the... Washington game last year is really I still think Michigan State laid an egg then they had a chance to get back in the game and they ran into each other and and, and fumbled down by the goal line and, and they just got drilled everything went south from there um, that's really the massive turning point I think of the, of the Tucker era and one of the most disappointing things is that the team went out there this week to Ohio State they didn't have a chance up front on the offensive side now Coach Barnett was talking afterward about, and this is especially true in pro-style systems, you know, one guy here, there, you know, if this play works, if this one guy gets his, beats his man, or doesn't go around the block this way or that way, and that's all true, but that's typically something you see more in a pro-style, and you can't do that if you don't have the players to do it. That's really where scheme comes into play. If you're old enough to remember when Northwestern was really good, they beat Michigan once, like 54 to 52 or something. They had a schematic advantage. Same with Purdue. Obviously, the spread system that, yes, folks, Urban Meyer learned from John L. Smith. He had an advantage for years. Right now, is there really an advantage out there? No, not like that. But the point is, um, you need to know as a coach that there's a good chance we don't have the horses 
to run pro style stuff and have it work. There's probably three programs that could do that. Maybe, maybe four. Obviously, Georgia can do it. Alabama probably can. Um, Ohio State probably can. Michigan, maybe. It's hard to really tell. But for example, Penn State can't. You saw you saw that game Saturday. They weren't even close. They can't. Michigan State can't. So the next guy that comes in here is going to need to be able to assess the roster he has and coach it by working to develop it. And that's why I think the next coach, if they really do it right, is going to have a couple of different characteristics than the last round that we've seen come around Michigan State football. I still believe without a doubt, if he wants the job, Pat Shermer is a fantastic candidate for it because he is a professional football coach. He has been hired twice to coach NFL teams. Both bad jobs, really tough spot with the Giants. Um, He knows what to do do. He understands coaching from all angles. He's not just an offensive coach, but the ability to work with the roster that you have is something that Michigan State football is going to need immediately. They don't need a system guy. Those days are over. I do think they actually need an offensive coach, and let me explain why. We see too much disconnect often when coaches influence coordinators and more often than not it's an offensive coordinator mark d'antonio notorious for it well, we're going to run here we want to stick with the pass here i want to stick on the ground here frustrating coordinators to the point that some just left mel tucker looked like he got involved in that game one against rutgers that's how soon that looked like that happened and we've seen a disconnect carry over into this year I'm not picking on Tucker or D'Antonio, but I'm making this point. If you have an offensive coach, there's not going to be any disconnect. That's the frame he's going to see through, if not be calling the plays or coaching the quarterbacks. So I actually think Michigan State needs to do that this time with a guy like Pat Shermer, a guy like Lane Kiffin, maybe another name out there that's worthy of the job. And hire a really good defensive coordinator to run the defense. The likelihood that you're going to get into trouble, you're going to get confused, you're going to lose games you should win because the head coach got involved in the defense and said, hey, you know, let's run blitz here or whatever, is it's much less likely than overly conservative play calling on a third down, a coach scared to throw the ball because of the time of the game and conditions or making some kind of mistake like we saw last year with Tucker getting Michigan State basically out of a bowl game, and we saw in game one with Rutgers. Um, Sure, there's D'Antonio examples of that. Most of them are after uh, the heyday. But when you win as many games as he did, you're easily going to take the good with the bad. Make no mistake that Michigan State will gladly take the next coach to win 100-plus games. Uh, I think it needs to be a little different this time. I think they should get an offensive coach and pay a defensive coordinator. Obviously, Max Bullitt is right down the road. Everyone knows that. There's a real good chance that he will be interviewed for a position at Michigan State when all is said and done. But look, there's other good coordinators out there. And regardless of what you think of Scotty Hazelton, he's not a bad coordinator. And he's going to get work. And he's still getting better. He was good before he got to Michigan State. He'll be good after he leaves. 
But I think the move is to get a better alignment between on the offensive side of the ball to eliminate some of those mistakes that we've seen. Honestly, they go back to the Saban era. For Saban himself, those things happen. Right or wrong, when coaches put their fingers on the offense, trouble happens. Now, on the other side of the ball, how many times Ohio State have those problems when Ryan Day's coaching? Now, he's still he's calling the plays, not calling the plays. I don't know, but those don't happen as much. Oklahoma State, Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin, those don't happen as much. We'll talk more about the coaching search in the coming weeks, but here's the thing about Kiffin, because you probably aren't hearing a lot about him. You can make your own decision as to why. The pitch to Kiffin is get out of the SEC shadow, come to a place with great tradition that can win at the top level, has all the money you need to spend, and has been to the playoff. You're not going to get to the playoff or go anywhere in the playoffs if they expand them. It'll miss Lane. That's basically the pitch. I don't know if he'd have any interest, but I know Michigan State sure as hell need to find out quick, and they will probably find out right after they can, as soon as they can after the Egg Bowl. Um, the Egg Bowl is an interesting one. I hope you love the Egg Bowl like I do. I hope you also love when the Egg Bowl, it should always be on Thanksgiving. You know, it used to always be on Thanksgiving when, you know, nobody knew about it, nobody saw it. And it needs to be on Thanksgiving. It should be on Thanksgiving. Um, typically, it's a Thanksgiving night. And we've seen some classics, of course, but what, why does that matter? Well, it matters because you can talk to Kiffin sooner. That's, that's really the big difference. You can talk to Kiffin. Now, they're going to play that Egg Bowl at 7.30 on Thanksgiving night. You can talk to Kiffin in a certain spot in this country on Friday morning. Before the Penn State game? Yeah, before the Penn State game. Or after. There's a huge amount of interviews. They happen in my city, Atlanta, almost every year. Airport or actually a couple places about three miles from where I am right now. Pat Narduzzi interviewed here. Way, way back when with Pittsburgh. So those things can happen. That's the pitch to Kiffin. And if Kiffin comes in here, he's coming in here with the offense in control. If Pat Shermer comes in here, he's coming in here with the offense and the whole entire team in control. This is the caliber and type of coach that Michigan State needs moving forward. They will have no problem hiring a good defensive coordinator. I'm not worried about that. As for Coach Barnett, you can't really ask him to do much more. You're sure he's doing his best. He made some large mistakes this year that are typical of a first-year coach. I hope he gets another chance to be a head coach with a whole clean slate and a fresh fresh move. I would suspect that would be in the area of the MAC if it happens, which would be great. Everyone loves the MAC. It's where so many coaches start as head coaches. It'd be great to see. Hopefully he's caught somebody's eye and how he's handled this thing to say, hey, this is a guy that's ready to lead our program. Overall, there's a long way to go, folks. If you want sugar, you're <laughs> listening to the wrong show. Ohio State wins big again, 38-33. How much closer will this be next year? How much closer will it be in 2025? If you're looking again for another measuring stick opportunity, look no further than Ohio State next year. If you're looking for when this game is going to be competitive again, 
It would be a surprise to me if Michigan State entered a fourth quarter with the chance to beat Ohio State before 2026. It's possible, but it would be a real surprise. And lastly, on Sam Levitt, he's made the right decision, keeping, preserving his redshirt year. It's the right thing to do if he stays at Michigan State. It's the right thing to do if he goes elsewhere. It's too bad he didn't get a chance to measure up and put his foot in the water against Ohio State. But boy, oh boy, he got to see Caden Hauser out there. And if nothing else, Hauser now knows what it's like on the top stage of the sport. Michigan State's quarterbacks have potential. They now have a reality check of what it's going to be like if they want to be as good as they dream to be and play on the stage that they want to play. That's not just a quarterback thing. It's through the roster. Michigan State has players. Not enough. Not a lot. Ohio State has 105 players. There's a long way to go from where Michigan State football is to where it needs to be to compete with Ohio State. But as you've seen before in Michigan State history, it can be done. It can be done. The first step is getting the right coach, a coach that can handle the situation, and a coach that can get Michigan State football in a position to once again measure up and compete with Ohio State. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. We'll be back middle of the week. Holy cow. We're going around college football, and you know there is a lot of ground to cover. I'll talk to you then.